Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Buck Sexton Show. Yes, I know. We are now in a country where we're expected, according to the media, according to the Democrat Party, expected to just accept the premature declaration of Joe Biden that he is, in fact, the president of the United States. We're we're supposed to accept this as gospel. And anybody right now who speaks out in favor of just checking to make sure I have not yet come on this show and said the election was stolen. I have my suspicions about how fraud occurred and how therefore it is possible that there were certainly a state or two or more that were stolen. But I do not know. So I will not say I cannot prove. So I will not declare. But I want answers. I insist we get answers. And this is where it comes on uh, comes down to all of us asking for process here. There is a process. The courts exist for exactly this this kind of a dispute in an election, whether it was for local dog catcher or president of the United States in a disputed election. You take it to the courts. That's what happens. That's every bit as much a part of our system as the actual process of voting and counting votes and everything else that we have seen, right? So Democrats that are trying to shut this down and shout down those that are asking for answers are acting in bad faith, which is entirely unsurprising. You should expect a lot more of that. There will be nothing but that until Joe Biden takes office. If you even raise the agreed upon irregularities, irregularities that always somehow seem to favor Joe Biden. If you point out those irregularities, you are a conspiracy theorist. But it's reported. I mean, we know about what happened in Michigan, where you had software that changed thousands of votes to Joe Biden. That's fact. That's not disputed. And I understand they'll say, well, we fixed that. Okay. Do we know if that happened in dozens of other counties, including in other states that use the same software? Has anyone checked to look into this? Why do states have automatic recounts? Just think about this. If we're really going to speak about our system and the process, why do some states have in place an automatic recount? And it is triggered if the numbers are at a certain threshold. Is that because people are conspiracy theorists? Is that because they're making unfounded allegations of cheating? Or is it because anybody who looks at a highly complex and ever-changing, especially this year, thanks to Democrats, election system, both for the voting and the processing of ballots, and anyone who looks at this and is honest recognizes that there are going to be problems. There are going to be problems that are accidental. There are going to be problems that are intentional. There will be irregularities, mess-ups, and fraud. That's why in a really close election, you have a recount. It's to account for those things. If you lose by enough, it doesn't really matter. That's the way that we've come to accept election calls. If you are down, you know, by an enormous margin, you'll notice we're not challenging the results in California. 
We're not challenging the results in New York. We understand that there are states that Trump lost, obviously. But there are states where Trump was winning by a very small amount. And then a day, two, three days later, he was losing by a very small amount. And that demands investigation. Absolutely. What's the problem with that? There is no problem with it other than Democrats want to have victory parties right away. They want to jump right to the part where we all have to just accept their demands. And anybody who has any questions about the legitimacy of this Biden win is a bad person who doesn't believe in math and science and whatever else they're going to say. Elections, you're undermining our democracy. They have been saying, and I, I don't think the Democrats have really caught on to this, they've been saying that Trump and his supporters have been undermining democracy for four years now. Really, everything we want and do, just casting a vote for Trump, just speaking out in support of Trump, they say is undermining democracy. So that charge doesn't have quite the teeth that it used to. People aren't saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to be somebody who undermines democracy, so I'll do whatever the libs tell me to. There are real legal challenges underway. Do I think it is likely at this point that they will be willing to flip? Now, that's a different thing than, do I think there was fraud? Yes. Do I know how much? No, I don't. Do I think that courts will be willing in different states and, you know, depending on what the specifics of the allegation may be, do I think the courts will be willing to overturn this election? That's a question we all have to really think about. Do you, do you believe that a federal judge, let's say, in Pennsylvania or a federal judge in Arizona, any federal judge, is going to be willing to take the heat of flipping that state? You could say, well, Buck, they'll kick it up to the Supreme Court. Well, that all depends on how the, cha- how the challenges go through the system. Do you really think? They'll be willing to do that. I'm not confident about that. And so at this stage, I say, we must fight. Of course we fight. And we're happy warriors. We're not bitter. We're not spiteful toward the other side. You know, they they had a big victory celebration all weekend. We'll talk about that because all of a sudden, social distancing isn't really a concern anymore. Isn't that interesting? But they had a huge victory weekend. And for the first time in a long time, I saw New York City happy. And that was, I will tell you that it was a nice change from the misery and despair largely driven by stupid Democrat policies and a media invested in an apocalyptic narrative of constant COVID panic. But we were relieved of that burden psychologically for a couple of days in the city. Uh, But I'm, I'm happy to see people, my fellow Americans, I'm happy to see that they were joyous for a little bit, even if they were premature in their celebrations and if they were making a mockery of the very COVID rules that they scream at all the rest of us. A lot of people walking around without masks on. A lot of people, not everybody, of course. A lot of people were not social distancing. I think social distancing and uh, and masks uh, outside are largely unnecessary and often absurd. But that's always my position. They're the ones that change depending on what the uh, political needs of the moment may be. And so here we are, friends. We make a decision. We fight on. What other choice is there? We're going to cave? No, we owe it to ourselves. In fact, we owe it to our democracy. If we're going to start speaking in these grandiose terms, we owe it to our system 
to make sure that people of good faith and goodwill who approach these issues with honesty, that those people can look look at their uh, fellow Americans who voted for Joe Biden and say, okay, it looks like you actually did win this one. Now let's get to the business of preventing Biden and the crazy left-wing Democrats who are going to be controlling him from ruining the country. But I'm willing to get to that point. I'm not a dead-ender. I'm not sitting here and saying it's not possible that Donald Trump lost. It looks shaky to me the way that this happened, but it's a reality that I take into account. And we should remember that that's something the other side has already shown us they are not willing to do. They lied about the 2016 election in calculated and vicious fashion. I mean, they were willing to not just use the fabrication of Russia collusion against the Trump administration to undermine it and to try and stifle and and in every way it could slow the agenda, but also they weaponized it legally. I mean, they used it as the basis for a criminal investigation. They were trying to prosecute people around a total fabrication And it was all driven by their hatred of Donald Trump and their rejection of the will as expressed by the American people in 2016. So we already know who they are. We already know what the Democrat mentality is around all of this. We also know that there were no riots this weekend from Trump supporters. No businesses burned to the ground. Morons at the Washington Post, the New York Times, other places, they were coming after me this weekend. Well, look at this person here. Or that person there who said something mean or, you know, whatever. Whatever, maybe. Okay. I didn't say there's no such thing as a Trump supporter who steps out of line. I said that the Trump movement and the overwhelming 99.9% of Trump supporters are peaceful, law-abiding, and accept where we are right now in this process. And that Democrats would not do that. The barricades, the the wooden... uh, Barriers around businesses here in New York City, they've started to come down. Why? Because Democrats aren't going to riot. We all know. We all know that's what that's all about. That's what they were preparing for. They weren't worried about Trump supporters. And what does that say? You know, whenever you have a moment where you think, gosh, it'd be so much easier, and it would, I'm not going to lie to you, especially if you live in a city. So much easier. Biden, Harris, yeah, and all the celebrities and the celebrities will like your tweets and the fancy rich people and the Democrat Party will say, yeah, you're one of us. It's so it's so seductive. To just join this mob. Of the Democrat Party that thinks that all you have to do to be a good person is be a part of it. Yeah, man, then you're then you're one of the good people. I turn, I say, you just remember that that same political party is responsible for rioting and looting and mayhem across the country that continues to this day just over the weekend i think it was out in in portland but who even knows they were going out and uh, and demanding people blm protesters demanding solidarity from people eating dinner and that's threatening when a mob demands you you pay political obedience to them and you're just trying to live your life that's a, that's threatening That's not okay. Those are all Democrats doing that. These are all leftists and activists who are making these demands, who are inflicting themselves upon other people. So at least we should take some credit for that. We should have a moment where we get to say, when it comes to issues of being an adult, 
and respecting the process as it is and understanding that this isn't about going scorched earth and burning down the country if we can't have control of it. That's not our approach. Uh, we are better than the other side when it comes to that. So just remember that. They, they hate it when you'll say that because they know that it's true. Not a single business owner, not a single person walking down the street peaceably across the country has any fear of a Trump mob coming after them. It's not true in the other direction. It's not true about Democrats, BLM supporters, Antifa. And we all know it. What does that tell you? But just remember, as these legal challenges begin to make their way through this process, that they are completely legitimate to ask these questions, to pose these challenges in the right forum, in the right way. And we continue to fight. This is not over yet. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. The governor of the state, Governor Wolf, and the state Supreme Court flagrantly violated the Constitution of the United States. The power to set these rules and regulations is vested in the legislatures. They just ignored that, ignoring the Constitution. Now we bring it down to the actual counting level, the counting houses, and outrageously, observers, who are the essentially the sentinels of integrity and obviously transparency, were excluded. The Trump administration and the Trump campaign had to go into court in Philadelphia to get that basic right that the law allows. So at both the statewide level and the local level, Pennsylvania has just conducted itself in a horrible, lawless way. And hopefully this will be corrected at the Supreme Court of the United States. Everything Ken Starr said there is just a matter of fact. It's all established. It's all true. I just think it's so funny. Uh, the libs love to say, well, the poll watchers were then allowed in, but they were only allowed to be within 20 feet or something. You think you can see what's going on with ballots from 20 feet away? Anybody believe that? What, we're so worried about COVID? Not according to the block parties I saw in New York. Not according to the uh, celebrations all across the country over the weekend. All of a sudden, COVID, much less, much less a worry. We'll talk about that. It's not a surprise, I know, but I'm, I'm not going to stop pointing it out because the disgusting hypocrisy of the left with all this stuff is, it's just too much to take. It really is. But Pennsylvania did something that is uh, contrary to law. Shouldn't that matter? Shouldn't we get an answer about this? And I can tell you this much, if this stuff makes its way up to the Supreme Court, do you think if there's an adverse decision of any kind that comes down from this now Supreme Court with, with the addition of uh, of the, the latest Trump appointee to it, Amy Coney Barrett, ACB, do you think that there will be an acceptance of that decision as that's the process and it's legitimate, right? This is ultimately all about legitimacy. And unless we're willing to establish that there are rules that we all agree on and those rules are are political party neutral and they are universally applicable, there's no such thing as legitimate. There's just power. There's just the raw exercise of power. So if we're going to talk about wh whether or not the the vote 
means that a Biden presidency, a legitimate Biden presidency is happening right now. We also talk about whether a legitimate legal challenge should be respected by the other side and possibly an adverse decision. The same courts that may decide what happened in Philadelphia is a problem. I don't know if they're going to throw out votes. I don't know what the final uh, disposition of that's going to be. But those are the same courts we rely on to help us set up all all kinds of things in the legal process. Right. The courts have weighed in on voter ID. The courts have weighed in on moving polling places. The courts are involved in all this all the time. So I want you to remember that because the issue of legitimacy, if you rely on Democrats, they're just going to tell you that whatever they want is what is legitimate, whatever they think is best for them is what is most true and decent and and good. Um, now we have to get to. Uh, now we have to get to what's happening or what was happening over the weekend with these parties that were going on everywhere. Um, Gail King mentioned this on there. Play 16. I call it unbridled exuberance. It's, it's like, Nora, the, the country's having a nationwide block party. You can go from city to city to city and, for the most part, see people just jumping out of their skins. I was just there on the corner of 44th and 8th, talking 44th and Broadway, asking a police officer, so how do you think, how's it going? He goes, the night is young, but I haven't seen this many people this happy since a Yankees championship, which I think sort of... a few years in this town. Yeah, which I think really sort of sums it up. I mean, you talked about civility. Most people are wearing their masks. Some people are not. But people are being very respectful and just very happy and embracing of one another on Times Square, which is huge at this particular time. Yeah, you, you feel it. The, the, the joy is palpable out there. 20. So a few a few things about this. Uh, one is, yeah, of course, there's there's being civil to each other. They're all Democrats. They're all on the same team, although there was some BLM Biden voter or Biden supporter friction over the weekend in one place. But yeah, they're on the same team. Do people at Trump rallies start arguing and punching each other? No, of course not, because they're gathered there in unity around that issue. So I just think it's funny. Oh, well, they're being nice to each other. Yeah, because it's all Biden voters. Uh, So, of course, they are because they're all they're all happy about this. But I'm sorry, it's it's increasingly impossible for me to hear with without wanting to scream uh, four letter words that I can't say on the radio. It, it's impossible to look at this stuff and just see the difference with the, that the media treats, say, a Trump rally from a massive gathering of Democrats right outside the White House on the oh, book. It's spontaneous. No, it's not. It's organized by people online. Let's stop this. Oh, it's all just spontaneous. All the protests, all the riots, it's all spontaneous. That, that's just another way of saying no one can be held accountable for this. It just happened, man. It just sort of happened. Fake Tapper, perhaps best known recently for tweeting out a photo of himself with a mask alone in his office. Mask on, of course, saying this is what adults do. No, it's what people who are uh, paranoid and obsessed with virtue signaling. I mean, that's really Tapper isn't actually as worried about the virus as he is about people on the left and the Democrats loving one of the last fake journos to still claim the uh, the, you know, just telling the truth, speaking of power mantle. Give me a break. But here he is. 
in his once a month, once a month, he, he calls out something that his own side's not going to like, but it's all part of the brand enhancement. It's, ne- it's really never more than that. It's like once a month, he's like, well, maybe I don't like this thing that a Democrat did because there's a little bit of hypocrisy. And it's always blaring hypocrisy. It's always something that's so obvious. And then a lot of, a, a lot of uh, you know, moderate Republican types, the media go, oh, yay, look, he's saying a nice thing. about." That's the whole game, don't they see it? It's not, it's not very clever. Um, but here he is, fake tapper, calling it out. He's, he's seeing what we're all seeing with these celebrations in the street. Play seven. I know, uh, at least based on what we saw on screen, a lot of these people were wearing masks, but not all of them were. And CDC guidelines say either, even if you're wearing a mask, you should avoid crowds. New coronavirus cases are soaring. We've just had some of the worst days for new infections of the entire pandemic. Is it incumbent upon President-elect Biden to make it clear to his supporters that crowds are a bad idea during this pandemic, even if people are wearing masks and he understands that they want to celebrate, but they shouldn't be filling the streets like that? The answer is, of course, they're not going to say that. They're going to wait maybe until they've had their fill of parties for a couple of for like a week or two. And then they'll put out some statement. Hey, everybody, we take the we believe the science. We take it seriously. So. Well, now that you've had your fun for a couple of weeks and you don't really care about having street parties anymore or block parties, uh, you know, don't do that. That's what will happen, right? I mean, look, I I always you know what they're going to do. You know how they're going to play the game. But it was so noticeable here in New York uh, where I am all day Saturday, just cars honking everywhere. It was a, a stunningly beautiful day when it was over. It was like 70 degrees in New York City, which in November is is rare absolutely gorgeous day and uh you know they're they're doing this very festive atmosphere out there on the streets and yeah people are wearing masks uh mostly although i saw more people without masks than i have in a very long time but they're gathering in huge crowds in places and you know you're you're not allowed to have your kids in school still in a lot of cities you're not allowed to go and sit in a restaurant normally i had to fill out so while all the Biden folks are running around in, in big crowds on the street and they're cheering and they're shouting and they're having this great time, I sit down to have a coffee uh, with my girlfriend and inside and we have to fill out test and trace information. How the, how the hell is that going to be useful for anything? I mean, we, we are just we are just getting drawn deeper and deeper into the tyranny of these morons every day. And it's going to get worse now, too. You're going to have two things go on. It's going to be moving in opposite directions, which is it's a cognitive dissonance. But Democrats excel at cognitive dissonance. On the one hand, they're going to be trying to tell you that everything is going to be getting better because of Biden. But there's also going to be this not yet. We got to double down. We got to triple down. We got to you know more masks, more of all this stuff. And they're going to be saying, but don't worry, Biden's got it. But oh, we got to get more severe, more severe. And so he'll be both the savior and the uh, the taskmaster for us on on covid. So he's going to make things more strict while at the same time telling us that everything is getting better. But we need to have all these more extreme measures because that's how he's going to fix it. Uh, it's it's going to really drive me nuts. I, mean, I, I actually was on a treadmill yesterday with a mask on and I'm just sitting there and, and I'm, there's two other people in the gym and I'm like the chance of me having covid or these two people around me having covid is like one in, I think numerically, it's around one in 10,000 or something like that. And I have to sit here and I can't breathe normally because idiots 
all across the country who have been who have been fed this nonsense about how, oh, the mask is such great protection. You have healthy people. You have millions and millions. You have tens of millions of entirely healthy people walking around constantly now with masks on. Uncomfortable, not able to breathe normally. Tens of millions of them healthy. There's no reason for them to be doing this. But, you know, oh, we can't know. We can't know because our risk tolerance has turned into basically zero. And they did it. It was all political manipulation. Right? And, and now we've gotten used to doing what we're told to do, even when it makes no sense. And they're going to continue to use that for their own benefit. There are people who like control. They like to control others. I want to leave people alone and let them just live their lives as long as they don't infringe upon my life and, you know, obey the law and fulfill their contracts. It's like, leave me alone. Let me do my thing. You, you do your thing. No. Libs are the party of school moms and hall monitors that are always saying you're you're 20 seconds late to class. Go to detention. That's the world we're going to be living in with covid-19 measures for at least the next 12 to 18 months. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the best of Buck daily podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton show. All those of you who voted for President Trump, I understand the disappointment tonight. I've lost a couple times myself, but now let's give each other a chance. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, see each other again, listen to each other again. And to make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as our enemies. They are not our enemies. They are Americans. They are Americans. It's not going to be that easy, Joe. Sorry. Not going to just right now let bygones be bygones. A lot of us, 70 plus million of us who voted for Donald Trump, have very clear memory of what the Democrats were saying about not just Trump, but his supporters for the last four years. They claimed this president was a traitor. They claimed he was a rapist. They claimed he was out literally like crazy, right? Meaning he'd have to be removed with the 25th Amendment. Uh, or that he was not of sound mind. Uh, they've claimed that he is a racist, gives aid and comfort to the Ku, uh, Ku Klux Klan, that he's a white nationalist. They said the most horrible things imaginable about the president and used th- those allegations, those baseless, moronic allegations, as a club to attack his supporters. How could you? If you vote for Trump, you're a racist, too. If you, which is so fascinating considering what we saw among the surge in black and Latino voters for Trump after he was president for four years, right? So they saw who this guy was in office in his actions, never mind the rhetoric during a campaign. They said, and more black and Latino voters, God bless them, said, yeah, I, I want more of this guy. This is actually better, better for America, better for our communities. But now you have this dichotomy. You have this uh, separation, the Democrats, between the calls for unity and the calls for a purge. Now, the unity calls are laughable because they still have utter disdain for Trump voters. They haven't changed at all. Joe Biden didn't run on a platform of I'm going to make I'm, I'm going to make the country a better place because even if you're not a Democrat, you're going to see 
that everything that I do is on the up and up. And I'm a no, he ran on Trump is the most awful human being ever and killed 200,000 people with COVID. It's like he coughed on them himself and made them all die. That was really the thrust of the Biden campaign. I'm not Trump and Trump is almost worse than Hitler. So vote for me. And we all remember that. And we remember the special counsel, the Russia collusion farce. Remember the sham impeachment by Nancy, uh, Nancy Pelosi. We remember all of this. And they want us to just pretend none of that happened. They want us to act like we're all just friends. Now, now remember, we're Republicans. We're conservatives. So, yeah, we've always viewed our fellow Americans as just that. They're our fellow Americans. We're not, we're not going out there threatening anybody. We're not uh, you know, burning down buildings or rioting in neighborhoods and attacking cops and making all kinds of crazy demands. Not, not gathering with all my media allies, outnumbering the other side 10 to 1, as the Democrats do to us, and demanding they be deplatformed. No, we don't do those things. But that doesn't mean that we're going to forget. These calls for unity are going to fade very quickly when we see that the Democrat Party of today has no interest whatsoever in reaching out to the other side on, on anything. It's, the Democrats want what they want on all of this. They want, they want amnesty. Trust me, they're going to go for that. That's going to be the first thing they really try to get done. Uh, you know, the Biden campaign has already said, they're assuming, of course, that he's won, and they, they've already said what his early executive actions will be. Uh, he's going to repeal the so-called Muslim travel ban, which is not even in, in any way an accurate description now. It included North Korea and Venezuela. And, but anyway, they're, they're going to re- repeal that. Fine, whatever. You know, they better hope. They better hope that that one doesn't come back to uh, bite them. Who knows? But they're going to repeal that. Uh, they're going to get rid of the Mexico City rule. So they're going to make sure that taxpayer dollars are going for abortion. That's like a really big thing for Democrats right away. Uh, and they're going to sue nuns, you know, under you know, they want to get that mandate going again under Obamacare. So everybody has to pay for all kinds of uh, all kinds of drugs, including those that violate their sincerely held religious beliefs. And it's just going to be a a years long effort if Biden does, in fact, end up as the president, which I'm still saying is an if. Uh, it'll be a years long effort to rub Trump supporters faces in it and here's the problem folks we're not going away there's a belief among democrats that anything was justified to stop trump anything was justified to prevent him from having his mark on the country and that that was really the central belief of the media throughout the trump presidency and that's what we saw with not only russia council, russia special counsel nonsense and and impeachment and everything else they did against trump but also with the attacks on Brett Kavanaugh, uh, whatever the tactics were that they had, that they felt were most effective, they would use them. It didn't matter what it did to the country. It didn't matter how underhanded it all was. And we remember that. This is the part that I'm not sure they really counted on. And they have radicalized conservatives, not in the sense that we're radicals who are going to break laws and act like act like savages. But we have been radicalized in that we understand the nature of the political environment we're in, this political battle. We lose or they'll make us do stuff that's just wrong. They'll make us do stuff that's unconstitutional, that violates moral, ethical precepts. Uh, They'll do things that are contradictory, that exceed their constitutional mandate. 
So we win or that happens. And that's where we are. This old notion that if only Republicans just keep feeding the alligator, it'll, we can wait until it eats us last. I think that's gone away. Although there is an effort underway right now to try to bring it back. You're seeing that. We'll talk about Mitt Romney and the other rhino squad later. Um, but so the, the efforts at unity aren't really efforts. It's just a self-congratulatory demand. Okay, forget about all that stuff we did to you, conservatives. Forget about all the stuff we said about Trump and said about Trump supporters. Now we're saying we're going to be nice, so, so you have to do what we say. No. I say no. Uh, I do not uh, concede in many ways. Uh, I, I, will, I will not allow this gaslighting to go without response. And then there are the people that are demanding a purge. And this is this is fascinating uh, because while we're hearing for uh, hearing some Democrats with this unity push, you have other prominent voices out there, including people like AOC, other voices out there that are saying there must be accountability for those who supported Trump. So so which is it? Are we all friends now and we're going to move together as move together forward into the future as Americans or whatever other? You know, boilerplate nonsense, the Biden campaign spewing right now. Or are we expected to have uh, punishments doled out for people that supported the duly elected president of the United States for four years? I'm, I'm just wondering which one it's actually going to be. I, I think we, we should have a right to know. And the problem the Democrats have is they, they can't decide. They can't decide because they have their own lunatics. And there are there are turncoat fake Republicans out there who are also looking to settle scores, which is not exactly a great idea when you're calling for unity, is it? Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We've all known that COVID was going to be used as a political weapon. That That much has been clear. And it was, I think, if anything... The Biden campaign has COVID to thank for even being at this point where they think that they've already won this thing. Without a pandemic, Trump has done such a good job in office that I think it's uh, very unlikely any Democrat candidate would have even had a shot. But, you know, the, the situation is what it is. This is how it all came down. But the good news is it's going to end soon. The good news is we're going to see that COVID-19 is not in our future forever. We're going to figure this out, and it's, I think, going to happen in a matter of, of just months here. We're going to see the results, and it's not just going to be theoretical because of this vaccine. Now, Pfizer saying they've got a 90%, and there are other vaccines based along similar... You know, This is where there's actual science. I mean, the people doing vaccine research, and they know stuff that the public doesn't know. I think it's so funny. People say, listen to the experts. They say, what, do I hear the experts tell me to wash my hands or cover my mouth or whatever? I already know that. Thanks. But when you're talking about Pfizer's vaccine research team, these guys are doing some pretty incredible stuff, guys and gals, of course. Uh, this is a, an enormous achievement, assuming that it continues on this path, that we'd have a vaccine in less than a year at 90% uh, effectiveness. That's really important. Here's what the governor of New York, just to take one guy, is saying about this at this point. Play three. 
It's good news, bad news, George. The good news is uh, the Pfizer tests look good and we'll have a vaccine shortly. The bad news is uh, that it's about two months before Joe Biden takes over. And that means this administration is going to be implementing a vaccine plan. The vaccine plan is very important. And it's probably the most ambitious undertaking undertaking since uh, COVID began. Uh, Just to put it in focus, uh, we did 120 million COVID tests in this nation over seven months scrambling, doing everything we can. We now have to do 330 million vaccinations, maybe twice. Uh, My state does more testing than any state in the United States. We did 12 million tests. We have to do 20 million vaccines. Uh, And the Trump administration is rolling out the vaccination plan, and I believe it's flawed. I believe it learns nothing from the past. They're basically going to have the private providers do it, and that's going to leave out all sorts of communities that were left out the first time uh, when COVID ravaged them. He can't even give credit to the outgoing, possibly, Trump administration. Can't even give them credit for the this period of time we're finding out who the next president's going to be for the incredible achievement of getting, you know, helping to get a vaccine. Now, look, Pfizer, it's the scientists in the private sector, mind you. It's not the CDC that found the vaccine. It's not the NIH that's got a cure. It's the private sector. I think that's worth noting. But the government stepped in and said that they would essentially financially guarantee any company that went forward and, and created vaccine, if they did not get approval, they wouldn't be on the hook for uh, whatever it is, you know, a billion dollars or I, don't, I have no idea what the, un, you know, what the inventory cost would be of that. But they created vaccine as they went so that there was already a stockpile of it instead of waiting to see if it's approved and then start creating a stockpile, which is going to save months and months and therefore save lives. Thousands of lives minimum will be saved by this. But Cuomo won't even give them, won't even give them a, a moment of recognition here. In fact, he takes it in the opposite direction and says that it's a bad thing that Trump is going to be ruling this out because of the focus on the private sector. What are these areas where no one has access to a pharmacy? Is, is this really the new, the new claim? And, and no one who wants the vaccine is going to be able to get to it. Does he, he thinks the government's going to do a better job? Cuomo is a case study in how horrifically incompetent and, and ridiculously just dumb government can be when it comes to dealing with a serious problem. Cuomo's the guy who has the the worst per capita outcome. I think maybe maybe New Jersey is technically worst per capita. But in many ways, I mean, New York is the prime example. It is the epitome of poor government action that led to thousands and thousands of additional deaths from covid. And the nursing home order will go down in history, despite Cuomo's efforts to rewrite history. The nursing home order will be viewed as the single dumbest, most reckless, most lethal and incompetent decision made during the entire pandemic. Dwarfs anything else that we've seen from it from anyone else in all this. And yet you notice that the Democrats keep going to this guy. I mean, ABC News, George Stephanopoulos. They keep going to these guys like Cuomo as the exemplars. 
they are the people to be held up as heroes for how well they did in dealing with this disease. And, and I'm just here to remind you, that's crazy. Cuomo's leadership on COVID is a case study in failure. But now he's supposed to be held up as some kind of a some kind of a hero. He's going to be held up as a guy that that knew how to get it all done. It's it's absurd. And and just the fact that he's already saying that the Trump team somehow they helped get the vaccine to a place in in record time. And also, I am not, I'm going to note we're just hearing now about the 90 percent plus effective vaccine. Trust me, F- Pfizer is not going to come out and say our vaccine's 90 percent plus effective unless they're pretty damn sure of it. You know, these these things, they have massive trials, a ton of data. They're not going to say that unless that's tr- unless they really believe that's true. You, you don't want to be the uh, the Pfizer PR flack. Let's go say, actually, it's more like 40 percent. Right. They're, they're they're correct here. I'd be willing to bet. And yet. The federal government's role in helping bring this to this point is ignored, and they're going to say that Trump doesn't know how to get this part of it done. Who do you trust to run logistics more? Trump, who's been involved in business and had deadlines and, and private sector competition to deal with? Or Cuomo, who's the governor, because his dad was a Cuomo who was the governor? Who, who do you think is smarter? Who do you think is better at this stuff? Um, but no, Cuomo's out there saying not only does, does he view it as a bad thing that Trump and his team are in charge going to this phase, but that he wants to stop distribution of this before it does damage. Play four. And that's what happened the first time with COVID. Why do we have such a disparity in the infection rate and the mortality rate in COVID? Because some communities uh, don't have the same access to health care. Uh, I'm sure the Biden administration is going to address that. I think his first step saying let's focus on the science, let's depoliticize testing data, uh, listen to the science is the exact opposite of Trump. But uh, you have two months and we can't let this vaccination plan go forward the way the Trump administration is designing it because Biden can't undo it two months later. We'll be in the midst of it. Uh, And I'm going I've been talking to governors across the nation about that. Uh, How can we shape the Trump administration vaccine plan to fix it or stop it uh, before it does damage? Stop the distribution of a life saving vaccine because they don't like the way the Trump administration is going to distribute it. Remember, it's going to be free for everybody. No cost. It's going to be in it's going to be in drugstores. All over the country. They've already prepared. They, they've gotten it to this point. And here you have the governor of New York saying not only does he want to do this in, in his state. If you live in a state with a, uh, a Democrat governor, friends, wherever you are. You know, guess what? You're going to be affected by this, too, because they're all going to have this whole. Oh, we have to. You know what this is really about? They want Trump and Kamala. I'm sorry. They want Biden and Kamala to be the ones who distribute the vaccine. They want them to get the credit. So they're going to argue that this is a flawed system. And even though Trump's not going to wait for them to try to distribute this once it gets approved, they're going to say we shouldn't distribute it now. It's being done the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, when Biden and Kamala come in, it'll be, oh, now they're doing it the right way. You know, it's funny. They, they always said that that Trump inherited the Obama economy. Meanwhile, the Trump economy was much better than the Obama economy. So how he inherited something that he 
The point is he dramatically improved on what was going on before him, which is just a fact. Uh, but here we have a true inheritance of a vaccine if Biden and Harris are the incoming administration. And they will do everything they can to just write them out in the history books, write out uh, the Trump-Pence hand in all of this. And I'm sorry, but I can't help but feel like the absence of talk of a vaccine, you know, in the days leading up to the election was intentional. Was intentional from the media. They didn't want people to feel hopeful. They didn't want people to feel like Trump had seen us through this storm and he's a much better guy once we get through this to be running the economy than Joe Biden. We all know it. So, no, it was, oh, Trump won't listen to the science. Look at how terrible everything is. Look at how we're all just going to keep dying from this virus forever. It's never, ever going to stop. You're never going to get your life back. That's what they wanted people to believe. And so there was a, a relative silence around this in the days before. The stock market had a big jump. Airline stock, a Delta airline stock, uh, as of this morning, at least when I looked at it, it, it jumped up, what, 15 percent? I mean, people realize, uh oh, guess what? Looks like maybe Trump was telling the truth this whole time. It was the people saying that Trump was lying about the vaccine and the speed with which it could be developed and distributed. They were the ones lying. And I think it's worth noting that I think it's worth remembering that as we all as we all go forward here. As much as the Biden team wants to walk around pretending like they've got some brilliant new strategy, some some amazing new way that they are developing, uh, that they're you know creating a a system to destroy the virus once and for all, that's all nonsense. What exactly are they saying about this? What what what's supposed to be new? Uh, what's supposed to be new with all of this? Um, there's the answer is very, very little, but it doesn't matter, friends. It doesn't matter. Uh, just recall that it was the Trump Biden battle of 2020 as played out with the media that showed us you can never trust the media again. Don't let them play this game now where they, uh, where they all across the country have gotten away with this. All right. Don't, don't let them do it. Remember who they were. Remember the dishonesty in the media coverage, no matter what the future is in terms of who actually ends up being president for four more years. 